Welcome back, everybody, to Mouth and Off Sports here, broadcasting to you live on WBIM 91.5 FM radio. It is October 22nd, and we have a fully loaded show here for you all tonight. I am joined here alongside Ryan Brown and Zach Lacey. How are we doing today, fellas? Wonderful. How are you? Just dandy, you know, 100%. I'm literally at 110%. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's great. 5-0 yeah, and oh in fantasy this week. Yeah. 5-0, and oh, huh? Yeah, all five teams have nine one. That's nice, dude. Yeah. That's, I, you know, I, I went 1-1, one one, you know. Not that the world cares about that, but... No, the world definitely doesn't care they about... They care about your no. fantasy team, though. No, they definitely don't, but they need to know. <laughs> they do need to know. They, yeah, they, they definitely should know. But we have a fully packed show. And I mean that in two ways. One, I have you and Zach here. Jonathan's coming in later. And then, week seven, week eight, we got Bruins. We got World Series. We got the NBA season starting up tonight. So, I mean, this, is, this show's going to fly right on by. But... We all know where we're going to start here today, and that's with uh, the Patriots' win over the New York Jets over at MetLife Stadium, 33-0. to zero, An absolute whopping. An absolute whopping. Oh, my goodness. This defense just continues to impress and one-up itself week after week. Week after week. It's ridiculous. I mean, yeah, they were, they were great, but did we really learn anything about the team new this week that we didn't know last week? I mean, they played against the Jets and they kicked their their they're, behinds. They're, yep. Yeah, and, they, uh, did. <laughs> they did. They did. They most really certainly well. did. They kicked and their behinds. That was a wonderful, wonderful move. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think we learned something. What? Our defense is capable of making opposing quarterbacks see ghosts on the field. <laughs> it's literally, we have audio footage, audio recorded of an NFL quarterback facing the New England Patriots defense and saying, he is seeing ghosts. That we do. That like, we do. What? Like, I know our defense is He's, good. He was literally mic'd up, and he just goes, I'm seeing ghosts. Like, you, Yeah, that's really tough for the NFL to let that out, too, because they yeah. pick what, the, what to let out that's mic'd up, and they let that out that he's seeing ghosts. That's a really tough look. Yeah, that's... I, I don't know how you let that happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, this guy is career Sam Dar- Darnold. I, I prefer to call him Darnold. <laughs> Sam Darnold's career, I mean, it's still bright, but at the same time, you you look at this, you look at his, the way he performed last night, and it's really tough to not think that he just ruined his career in one game. I mean, and every time he has a bad game, he, that's going to get brought up. Yeah, like oh, every, yeah. every time, every single time. He Like, Mark Sanchez, butt fumble. Yep, just in Sam Darnold. Audio fo- form, audio form. Sam Darnold. Seeing ghosts. How do you how do you recover from that? You don't. It, Sanchez never recovered from the buff fumble. Like it follows you everywhere. <laughs> and that's that sucks. This is a, literally a second year guy that had promising aspirations, like to be a, a very good mm-hmm. quarterback for the Jets for the future. And I really, even though the New York Jets, I would really hate to see this guy just go off a cliff after this game. That would just suck. Oh, yeah. It it wouldn't be good. I mean, I overall, I've said this before on the show, I root for the product. Like, yeah, if there's if there's a bad play, I mean, you're, you're going to have your bad play. You're, you're going to have guys that are going down, Big Ben, Drew Brees, whatever. But it's the Teddy Bridgewaters, it's the Daniel Joneses, it's the Gardner Minshews that are actually performing well, uh, way above expectations. They're going to earn themselves starting roles going forward. 
and probably a, a nice payday. So I, I root for the product, and for Sam Darnold to do that on primetime Monday night against the Patriots, like, man, it's just it's a terrible look, not just for him, for the Jets, Adam Gase, especially the way Gase responded to the way uh, the whole ESPN letting that out or whatever. I mean, you let your guy be mic'd up, so if something comes out like that, don't be shocked. You let your star franchise quarterback be mic'd up. So it's, it's a bad look on you, too, because that Jets organization, woof. Get yourself a new owner, get yourself a new front office, and coach, because that kid needs it. Right. I mean, you've never seen Brady mic'd up. You've seen Adelman mic'd up. McCourty's been mic'd up, I believe. Like, pick a defensive guy. Pick a wide receiver. Yep. Pick somebody that's not calling your plays all the time. Yeah. And, like, a very important guy to your system, second-year guy, hey, at a huge game, you're going to pick him to be the one that's mic'd up. I don't get it. Seriously, and that, I don't get yeah. what they'll do leaving, uh, leaving him in the game there, too. I, I agree with that. After Brady throws the pick, they're in the they're in like the 40-yard line, and then he throws a pick. Darnold throws another pick in the end zone off his back foot again. Yeah. Like, Just take him out of the game at that point. He just looks disinterested. Keeps falling back, making throws, and you're he just... He so scared. Four picks, yeah. 11 so of like 32. Scared. Just Ooh. take him out of the game. Like It's just a fourth quarter. Take him out of the game, make him watch, and then put him back in next week. I don't get what they're that, doing. That was one of those cases where you don't learn anything by having him keep like trying to fight through it. Yeah. You, you you have to just let that take the L, take him out, let him just watch and just let keep it from getting worse than it already was, and they just let it snowball the entire game. Especially fresh coming off of mono, and they they were showing his whole uh, gears and pads that's like designed to protect his spleen because if that's enlarged. And you're doing all this other stuff, added pressure on this young guy, second-year guy. And it looks like he can actually play. It's just everything that's surrounding him is not helping him. It's only hurting him. And we know in the past there's quarterbacks. If you're put in a bad spot with a bad organization, like that it will hamper your career. RG3, I mean, if he was managed differently, who knows if how many more years he would have started or how his injury history would have changed. But, again incompetent organizations like the Redskins, like the Jets, like the Dolphins right now. I mean, these guys can't get out of their own way, and it's not really their fault to an extent, but more so on the organization. It's ridiculous. When your quarterback rating is less than the number of INTs you threw in the game, (laughs) that just... Is that that bad, Ryan? um, Yes. Okay. It's not ideal. Um, And then... His QBR was 0.7. He had more so fumbles bad. lost than he had a, a quarterback rating number. It's really, it's really bad. <laughs> Any way you slice it's... it up for for the Sam Darnold that game, there's you just this is just one that you don't you don't even want to look at the film. If the coaches show him a second of that game film ever again, he might be men- mentally fractured for the rest of his career. Yeah, I'll just say he needs to learn, or just maybe not just him, but the coaching, like, adjust, right? Like, when you're, when you think you're seeing one thing and it's actually a different coverage or it's a different scheme and it happens in front of your eyes, you have to be able to go to halftime, uh, something, timeout, figure that out, or, you know, something else, because, like, clearly it wasn't working all night. 33 to 0, I mean, in your home field on Monday Night Football, that, like, it's one of the worst performances I've ever seen. And I, I just don't know how they bounce back from it this year. I don't know how long it takes Darnold to, to move on from this kind of 
performance. I mean, that was terrible. And until they get a new coach I or new front office something, because the direction that they're putting this kid in is not a good one. And if you're Sam Darnold right now, I mean, you're looking around. If you're Le'Veon Bell, he's been a non-factor all year too. It's just, it's really odd. It's odd. It just happens over and over like clockwork in the AFC East. Sometimes we'll get a nice flashy team like the Bills right now, but man, do these teams really show their true colors year in, year out. It's wild. I mean, Pats, I mean, everybody's been saying the Pats haven't played anybody yet. The Bills haven't played anybody yet either, except for the Pats, and that's their one loss. So, yeah, everybody who's been riding high on the Bills and degrading the Pats because of all their wins, they played pretty much the same caliber teams. So, pretty much. We'll see what's going forward. But Same for the 49ers as well. Yeah. They're, they're just playing who they got. Except who they... Who's that good team that they beat? Uh, they did beat the four and three uh, Los Angeles Rams. Oh right! Oh, I love how you yes. had to put four and three before that. Right. Yes. You know, winning record, <laughs> L.A. Rams. That's, that's one fair. game behind your Seahawks, L.A. Rams, and uh, three games behind my 49ers. Two and a half. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. Around, I round up. Oh okay. <laughs> well, so we're looking at this uh, Patriots team, right? In this yep. game, like, there's not a whole ton you can chew into with this game, like. It, it is what it is. It was an absolute massacre. The Jets, right from the get-go, really had no shot in this game, especially after the first half. And, like, overall, the story of this year is obviously the Patriots' defense and how their numbers, like, across the board are emulating the 85 Bears, the 2000 Ravens, the 02 Bucks. They're right up there, and, yeah, they're playing these bad teams, but we're in 2019, year of the quarter, uh, era of the quarterback, where your offense is protected as much as ever. It's harder and harder year in, year out for defenses to be dominant. So it's beyond impressive. But on the offensive side, we look at having, you know, Jacoby Myers now 9 for 9 on targets and catches. That's, that's nice, but you're still pretty banged up, right? Josh Gordon with the knee, Nikhil Harry practicing. He's already off the IR. So going forward, they bring in Mohamed Sanu, which is the big news today, obviously. They give up a second-round pick. Obviously, you don't need him in a game like today, uh, like last night against the Jets. You don't need him in, like, the first six, seven weeks of the season because we played, Pats played a cream puff schedule. But they really are, like, going forward, going forward, it is just going to get a lot tougher. You're not going to be able to get away with having, you know, Brady in the 200s, throwing a pick, like, once a week pretty much, which he's kind of been doing for a while now. You're going to need other guys to give the load off of Edelman what Dorsett and Gordon open up. I don't know what the deal with Gordon is completely, but at least they bring in Mohamed Sanu. The second-round pick that they gave up tells me they were a little bit desperate for it, especially with Manny Sanders going for a third and a fourth today as well to the 49ers. So I think giving up a second for Sanu is a little desperate, but they did like him going back to before the draft. They had their eyes on him as well. At the same time, it's going to be a late second-round pick because the Pats always finish whatever so it's gonna be in the late 20s early 30s and it's it's basically a third round pick and the pats have a million compensated yep compensatory third round picks from trey flowers and brown then brown Trent and brown then, yeah so i'm fine with it i mean people have been calling for the past to make a move at wide receiver all year and they finally do something so i'm fine giving them a second round pick like what's the second round pick gonna do this year for you nothing and you're trying to win another super bowl you're a, you're you're a contending team. You have best defense in the league, and you're trying to go win another Super Bowl. Period. Yep. And I mean, it it really seems like they're loading up, right? I mean, 
defensively, they're still holding on to Michael Bennett. I mean, in years past, I wonder if this kind of situation, they move on from Michael Bennett sooner, you know, if it's a different year. But it really feels like all hands on deck. And I, I love the approach. I really do. I feel like there's a lot of times, you know, a lot of years where their foot was on the pedal, but they didn't really sell out to, to win a Super Bowl. They kind of were like, all right, we got what we need. We'll make a, a small move here and there. But Mohamed Sanu is, you know, I'd call that not a huge move, but it's a fairly big move. I mean, you gave him a second-round pick. It's a pretty big move. And he's, yeah. he should be top two, three in your uh, options for your offense. Brady, he's a veteran guy, too. Brady loves his veteran guys. We know that. So he's going to be heavily involved, I imagine. And, yeah, is he a big 1,200 uh, yards a season guy? No. He's cracked 800, I think, once. And he's not going to put up a crazy amount of numbers. But he's going to help this offense because, again, you need to give some relief for Edelman. Like, that's that's a sure thing because he can't hold up the whole year. If he's number one, he's getting doubled at times, and he's getting hit in the middle of the field like he does. He needs a little bit of help there. Yeah, depending on how you view Josh Gordon and depending on how quickly he's able to pick up the system in the playbook, he could easily slot in as wide receiver two on this team. Uh, and that's... And this, at this point, I, I agree with you, Zach. Like, it's second rounder, especially w- with how late it is. It's worth it. It's worth it. You, oh, for sure, it's worth it. So, I, I have no issues with it. I still would like them to move Michael Bennett for either mm-hmm. an O lineman or something along those lines. Ben Watson looked fine last night, although taking yeah. a football straight to the face <laughs> yeah, was, that was not ideal. Uh, but other than that play, he looked fine. He was good blocking. He, he had some good blocks. Yep. Uh, and he had a couple of critical catches. He had one on fourth and six. Uh, he had another one that got us into uh, within the five. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, I liked what I saw from him for the most part. So I think you can ride with him at tight end uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, but the offense just same old, same old. Like you were saying, there wasn't a whole lot that we didn't know about this team. Mm-hmm. Coming into it, and that's how we leave the game. Uh, yeah. The running game inefficient, couldn't do anything. 2.2 yards of carry on the night. I don't care that Sony Michelle had three rushing touchdowns because he only had 43 yards on the ground total on like 17 or 19 carries. That's that's just inexcusable at this point. It's it's getting ridiculous. Brady looked yeah. fine, but the pass the the throw he had to Dorsett was unreal. Yes, that was a great throw. Yeah, he had a couple. Of Really good throws, really Brady throws, and then he had some plays where it just didn't look like he was there. Yeah. Um, I mean, he did what he had to do, got the W, and uh, but the thing I took away most is that I'm not scared of the Dallas Cowboys at all. Yeah. If they can lose to that Jets team with Sam Darnold, I am not scared of them coming out of the NFC at all. And I don't think they would either. Like, even if they do get, like, a – a decent seating in that NFC, like they just feel like a team that's so ready to fold, like immediately. I I don't know what it is the makeup, the coach. It's got the coach has to be part of it. Yeah, Garrett's been there for a decade now, and they they've sniffed a, a Super Bowl like once, like really truly like one time with Romo. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's not, it's I, I'm really not afraid of the Cowboys either, Zach. And I, I will say this too: if anybody wants to call in. We can take your calls. You will be on air. It's 508-531-1303. So, again, 508-531-1303 if you want to call in and join in on the discussion or if you just have a song you want played. But, yeah, going back to that, uh, looking around, too, I mean, the NFC, 
I really still think, and not to get all over the place, but since you mentioned the Cowboys, the Saints, with Drew Brees back, I take them over the Cowboys 10 out of 10 all day, every single day of the week. Uh, like, no shot. That, that Cowboys team will fold, but... Is there yeah. a QB controversy there? In, uh, oh, New Orleans? Yeah. Uh, it, if it wasn't Drew Brees, and it, if he had looked bad for a couple weeks and then got hurt, I would feel a little bit differently, but I, f- I just think that they're going to roll with him. But if things go south with Breeze, I don't know. I, I think you have to actually think about that. I mean... It's tough. It's tough because if yeah. you... Once you switch back to Breeze, you're riding him basically <laughs> the rest of the way. Because if you put him back in after he heals up and then you bench him, that's it. Yeah, he's That's done. it for him yep. in New Orleans. So you are... If you put him back in the lineup, you are riding him. And so the Saints have to be comfortable enough that his thumb is completely fine and that he's going to be able to perform. Because if he doesn't perform and you bench him, put Teddy back in, I mean, that's – Teddy's fine. If You should be able to make a Super Bowl run with him. But I, it's just a, not a good look for Breeze. And that could hang – that cloud could hang over during said Super Bowl run. And that could just – not make things enjoyable for that run. I will say this too. I really, unless it got so bad, like really, like really, really bad, like three, four straight losses. I don't see Sean Payton benching Drew Brees because they're they're like best friends, right? You know, it's it's not like the same relationship as Belichick and Brady, where Belichick is, you know, he's the cold-hearted. I'll do whatever it takes to win. Payton, it, to an extent, will too, but mm, he's not going to bench his one of his like best friends you know there's no way but i do like the idea though a little qb controversy i mean muhammad sanu he has like a perfect qb rating i'm pretty sure <laughs> in his career so uh, new england brady look out dude you might want to uh, purchase that house in brookline again you know dude take that house off the market if there's a uh, a qb controversy anywhere it's probably carolina oh yeah oh yeah they're they're gonna want to put cam newton back in and they shouldn't and that says a lot coming wow, from Wow, there we go. Mark the tape. Mark Cam it. Newton Stan. I, I Kyle Allen is just rolling. Thank he's, you. 19-minute mark. I'm, I'm, it's marked. All right. Yeah. Good. <laughs> at, this, at this point, they were 0-2 with him. He was hurt, but he looked bad. Hurt, but bad. You put Kyle Allen in, he has looked fantastic. He hasn't had to do anything too crazy yet, but he's been... He has, I believe, I don't know how many touchdowns he's thrown, but he has no turnovers. Mm-hmm. He hasn't turned over the ball once in 4-0. and And so you have to ride that. you got to ride that. Give Cam Newton all the time in the world to rehab. Mm-hmm. And if Kyle Allen finally starts to show cracks, they drop two in a row, and Cam's ready, 100% healthy, go for it. But for the time being, they need to ride Kyle Allen. Yeah, it's I gonna agree. be a big test this week against uh, the 49ers. <laughs> that defense is legit. They just shut down the Rams. Like, mm-hmm. it's gonna be a real test for Kyle Allen. Let's see what he does this week. If he still, if they win this game against the 49ers and he looks good again, I think Cam's done in Carolina. And that's gonna be tough because he is the face of that franchise. Yeah. Name the last like face of that franchise. Jake DeLome. Jake DeLome. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Thanks. Gotcha. But like, he's what? Did, he lost a Super Bowl. 
That's yeah. like all he's known for is losing that Super Bowl yeah. in like 2003. I mean, I thank him for it. I, I do too, but like, <laughs> point is, yeah. they haven't really had a face of the franchise unless you count Steve Smith, which is who I would have thought of first. But regardless, that that's tough to move on. Oh, for sure. 100%. Like, that's your identity. That's everything. That's your brand, you know, for the past nine years. It really, since 2010. And that rookie season, he like right away, he made his mark. One of the most impressive rookie seasons out of a, a quarterback in a while, I feel like. He was breaking records left and right that year. Yeah, him and RG3, too. Yeah, RG, RG3 as well. But Cam, he's shown his body has a lot more mileage than a typical nine-year vet. It just does. The way he's, the way the game has been called when he plays the game, it's, it's. They really don't. They haven't historically called it as like a true quarterback. You know, he's gotten so many hits that you could have said, "Oh, that's rough in the passer. That's unnecessary roughness, personal foul, whatever." You know, it's, it's. You know, especially a few years ago, it was a really hot button topic, where he was just getting absolutely manhandled. And they weren't really calling it uh, fairly on his end, in my opinion. But that's that adds up naturally. That's going to add up. But again, Ryan, I feel you. If Kyle Allen drops a couple, yeah, you, you got to think about putting in a healthy 100% cam. But again, if they beat the Niners this week. That one of the last undefeated teams that just got better. They added Manny Sanders. He he beats them. Oh boy, oh boy. It's going to get rolling, and you got to roll with uh, Kyle Allen if that happens, which it could. I mean, he gets CMC going. They get a few stops. I mean, they're not, the Niners are coming off of a slog of a game. I know it won't really – it shouldn't affect them that much, but 9 nothing game, nasty conditions, one of those just true grinded-out uh, style of games with the Redskins, which they won, obviously. But, yeah, I, I think I think that'd be huge. It'd be absolutely huge if Kyle Allen won that. But uh, just to close up on the Pats, yeah, like, yeah, through seven games, their points differential is now plus 175, which Ooh. is which is just asinine to think about. That is the best differential since the NFL inaugural season of 1920. <laughs> the Buffalo All-Americans posted plus 218 through seven games. This is, like, I know you, we've said it. We've said it. It's a, you know, soft schedule for the Patriots, but to dominate it the way they've done it is just crazy. Yeah. And then only two teams in NFL history have allowed fewer points through seven ga- the first seven games of the season than the Pats. And that was the 46 Browns and the 77 Falcons. You want another ridiculous stat for that defense through seven games, lowest opponent third down conversion percentage since the stat was tracked in 1991 <laughs> 14.3%. Are you kidding me? I Again, cream puff schedule, but we're seven weeks in, dude. I get Zach with that. But seven weeks in, I don't care. That's almost a third of the league. It's stupid. It's stupid. It it really is. I don't know how they can keep this up, but I just hope the offense can can give them some relief going forward. You know, and and they they did a bit with the Jets, but you're going to face a lot tougher defenses uh, down the line. The offense is absolutely going to have to figure it out, take some steps forward. But, but... If the defense can keep dominating the way they have been, then Brady won't have to. Right. It's going to be an interesting test this week. You got Baker, you got Odell. Chubb's running amazing. Yep. And 
but the defense has looked really great. We'll see what they do this weekend against the Browns mm-hmm. offense that's good some games, bad some games. Yeah. Which one are we going to get this weekend? I have no idea. And I, I'm, I'm very interested to see how they attack all, like sort of try and slow down the Browns offense. They played, man, pretty much exclusively against yeah. the Jets and blitzed pretty much at will. I'd be very interested to see if they try a similar strategy, put the pressure on Baker to make those reads, make those throws again, because this year he really hasn't been able to do that. Yeah. No, it's it's uh, been a very, very much a down year for Baker and the Browns. I mean, seriously. But anyways, we got a caller on the line, and I'm beaming him up right now. It is Nick Brown from uh, Providence, Rhode Island. Nick, how you doing today, my friend? Uh, I'm doing okay. I mean, I am in the worst city in America, so every day's a grind. But other than that, I'm doing pretty well. How you guys doing? We're good. We're doing well, Ryan, Zach. We're here. Yeah, Hello, we're here. Man. Yeah, we're, so we're I'm, you... noticing, uh, I'm noticing you're missing a uh, another co-host in studio. That's a real shame. It is a real shame. Yeah, Thank you, you for didn't want to show up until we talk basketball. <laughs> so uh, what uh, do you have for I... us, Nick? What do you got? So you, you guys were talking about fun facts, and uh, I mentioned this on, uh, on my show, which will go unnamed uh, to respect you guys. Um, Lamar Jackson has more rushing yards by himself than, like, six whole NFL teams in the entire league. And uh, I thought that was pretty wild. So I just thought I'd share that. That's a nice little wild stat. I'm assuming the Pats yeah. are probably one of those teams. Yeah. They're not. Nope. Really? I don't think they are. Do you know the six teams by chance, Nick. Um, I know some of them. It's the the Jets. It's literally the three worst teams in the league. The Jets, the Bengals, and the Dolphins. The Chicago Bears are actually one of them. And, and the Atlanta Falcons Redskins are another. And then I'm blanking. The Steelers are the other one. The oh, Steelers, Steelers are the other one. Steelers, okay. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. Are, are, do you want to hang in for the conversation at all, or is that all you got for us? No, I will definitely hang around for the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, we were just uh, we moved on from the Pats. You know, we were just touched on the Browns and all of that. And really, yeah, I mean, the Browns kind of reminds me of like the 2010 Eagles, that dream team, and all this hype coming into it, all this talk, all their contenders, their contenders, they're, they're going to have this huge turnaround, um, which is expected that they would have at least been around what they were last year. Baker having a great rookie year, but you bring in Freddie Kitchens, you know, you, you promote him, and all of a sudden things are just falling apart, man, left and right. I know, Freddie Kittens is just... Freddie Kittens, man. It's, it's not looked good this year. I mean, they've looked good, what, once or twice? And other than that, it's been disgusting. He's You got Odell, who's one of should be one of the top five wide receivers in the league, and dude has been non-existent. I think he's year. barely a top 30 receiver in fantasy yeah. right now. He's been non-existent. If they, Freddie Kittens can't find ways to get Odell open and get him the ball in space, like, that's just baffling, and... I mean, you got Chubb. That dude's amazing. But you got to get, you gotta get Odell, the, Odell the ball more. Yeah, That's and period. It doesn't help that even though they're coming off a bye week, they're going to Foxborough against the Patriots next week, which should probably be another sort of resemblance of what we saw last night with a young quarterback, a, a new head coach in place, kind of a questionable organization top to bottom. I think you're going to see another big blowout and another quarterback just look like he has never played the position before. Well, you could definitely yeah. expect a win because yes. the Patriots have literally beaten first or second year starting quarterbacks at 20 line. times in a row. Yep. Yeah, they're they're unreal, especially at home. Rookie and young and rookie quarterbacks do not win at Gillette. It doesn't happen. 
But yeah, the Browns, man. Uh, they're two and four. Probably going to be two and five. Just trending in the wrong direction. I, I seriously, Freddie Kitchens is probably out the door. Maybe before the season's over, if they keep going this this way. Seriously, I I don't think they'd kick him out this early. I don't know. That's a little quick. It is, but oh, man. Yeah, I agree. That's a little early, I so, mean, especially for an organization that's not been winning. To actually win a couple games is uh, way better than what they've been doing. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> After the season, though, I still wouldn't be shocked. I mean, they they looked they looked night and day different from last year. Like they at least looked semi competent. They don't even look like a sliver of competence on that team. Seriously, it w- with I don't know like Freddie Kitchens, his experience besides being one of the coordinators last year. I'm pretty sure his only other experience is like. It's either, like, D3 college or it's, like, high-level high school. But it's not like he's been this guy that's been in the league forever. I know he was a quarterback at Alabama, all that kind of stuff. But coaching is a completely different animal. So it's really not promising the way it's been going for them. And I actually – I had high hopes for Baker. May or may not have been my MVP pick. So are you back with them or <laughs> are you done with them again? I'm beyond done, besides Jarvis Landry. I'm beyond yeah, done. I- I sure hope you don't keep going back and forth with the Browns. No, I I'm done. Stay true to this take. They've they've been like a terrible, you All know, right, twenty nine fifty two market. Dan done with the Browns. Twenty nine fifty two done with the Browns for good, for good. A fourth and final flip flop. <laughs> Maybe we can sneak one more before the season I, ends. I think season. you're gonna try two more. <laughs> well, I I have two more to locks this week, so you're right. Oh. You're right. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Illegal. No, not on the show. Hey, it's our show. We do what we want. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, seriously. Oh, my God. But I want to get your guys' thoughts on the Patrick Mahomes injury before we go any further. Another hot-button topic. Like you said, Ryan, dislocated knee out, what, three to six weeks? Is that it? I've been here like three three to five, four to six. Well, they haven't even ruled him out for this I week know. yet. That's the crazy part. That's stupid. Andy Reid said it, it would be a long shot for him to play, yeah. but it, they haven't ruled him out. I Tom. feel like they're just – that's gamesmanship right there. Yeah. They just don't want to rule him out and let the other team prepare for Matt Moore for the yeah. whole week. It's that's just, just gamesmanship. Yeah. Even though the other team is absolutely – like, I forget who the Chiefs are playing this week. Uh, the Chiefs are playing the. Uh, this is terrible. Radio. I have the Packers, 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 Packers. Prime Packers. Time Sunday Night Football. Yep. Okay, yeah. So they definitely just Green don't want to give the Packers any. They want them to at least think about it, but they won't. They're gonna just look up Matt Moore film and just yeah. prepare for that. Even still, trying to bring them back on the early side, three weeks. I get it, right? Like I get it. They're a Super Bowl contender. They got Tyreek Hill back, like. I'm sorry. He's a young stud, MVP. You can't mess with that. Yeah, yeah I feel like it's a desperate move. I sound right. biased. Obviously, we're, we're Patriots fans. But, like, if that was my quarterback, I would say pump the brakes, man. Make sure he's 100% before we RG3 him, literally. What we've seen in the past, I don't want to see history repeat itself, but they seem eager to, you know, will that into existence. Right. If he sits out the next three games, then he'd be coming back for the Mexico City game, which is week. 11, I believe. Yep. But, so I don't even think they'll sit. They'll play him there. Sit four games. Then you got your bye week. That's five weeks off. Get all healthy. I mean, four games. They can get by with Matt Moore for four games. I would sure hope so. If yeah, I mean he's they got enough talent. 
Exactly. And if the defense actually shows up like they did against Denver a little bit, they should be able to. If you, if, even if you go one and three, yeah, they're still gonna be able to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then you got a healthy Patrick Mahomes, and then you go from there. Because right now the last wild card spot is four and three. They're five and two. Yeah, they've got a game up on that. They have a little bit of a cushion to play with and give Mahomes some time. They should not even be thinking about playing him within the next three weeks. 100% agree. There's, um, no, there's just no reason. Yeah. I mean, no. You like, just risk hurting if, the guy to RG3 status, and then he's done. If they rush mm-hmm. him back within the next, like, two weeks, that is a just – that is how they feel about Matt Moore. They feel he is completely incapable of winning football games. And – for what it's worth, like you already mentioned, he looked fine against Denver. Yeah. On the road. Filling in. No QB1 reps. No first-team first, first team reps in practices whatsoever. Steps in and carries them. Doesn't have to do much of anything because he was spotted a 20 nothing lead. But technically, he outscored the Denver Broncos while he subbed in 10-6. to Yeah. So I think he'll be fine, and they should take their sweet, sweet time with this. Yeah, basically... Have Matt Moore be the ultimate game manager. Just don't turn the ball over whatever you do. We've talked about the backup quarterbacks. Yep. They they should feel fine knowing that everyone else can do it. Why not us? Yeah, literally. Right. When you got a guy like Tyreek Hill, I mean, he turned a 10-yard pass into a 50-yard touchdown. Like He's got plenty of weapons around him to be able to do exactly that, dump him off short, and let those guys run. And we got a fourth addition to the studio. Welcome, welcome, Jonathan Sullivan. What's going on? Late. 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 Just by uh, 38 minutes. That's fine, Jonathan. A minute earlier than I said. You're not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, how are we doing? Doing well. How are you guys doing? Yeah, you know, we're just uh, having a little show here, a little radio show, sports show. Yeah, yeah we're doing a radio show, bro. Thanks yeah, for doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I was listening uh, in the car on the way in. Oh, awesome. So you, you're already, like, up to snuff here. You're already, am, yeah, yeah you're, you're all game. So, Jonathan, before we keep going here, do you have any quick thoughts on the Pats Jets that you wanted to share that you felt needed to after listening? No? Uh, the Pats D is just absurd. I mean, it's just week in and week out. I mean, people actually thought that this might be a game last night, especially the way the Jets looked the previous week against Dallas. Wasn't even close. It, should have even been a, a bigger blow than it was at the Patriots. Offense could have put together a drive or two in the in the second half. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, the Patriots defense just continues to be maybe the best defense I've ever seen. I mean, I, they have a tough stress coming up, but, I mean, they have to be in the conversation right now. And so then a lot of defensives you've seen in your day and age. Yeah, I, I was alive for the 2000 Ravens. Yep, big of true. Mm. Um, but then coming up for this uh, upcoming week, I just want to say one thing. Uh, Freddie Kittens, uh, Bill Belichick is going to destroy this guy. I think you have the most qualified coach in the NFL, Bill Belichick, versus the most unqualified coach in the NFL in Freddie Kittens, and I think he's going to get exposed this week. Oh, 100%. I 100% co-sign on that. Dare I say immortal lock of the week? Pats win? Uh, yeah, that's a definitely immortal lock. <laughs> Money line, like yeah, that's <laughs> such a mortal lock, dude. You're you're breaking the bank over here. I meant to cover, and you know it. It's like picking DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of like picking DeAndre Hopkins as your or Leonard favorite. Fournette or David Johnson. <laughs> All right. I'm my picks are better now. Like Red Ellison hit. Yeah, how do uh, Tevin Coleman and Brandon Cooks do? They, yeah, okay. Crickets. 
Brandon Cooks didn't hit. Tevin Coleman didn't hit. Did all year three hit? I didn't have three. All right, well, did yours. Good. I don't remember. I'm glad you paid attention last week. I don't remember who else you had. You weren't here, so. You were in studio. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, he recited it. This is tough. This is tough. Cap. Tough scene. Matt. Tough scene, tough scene. But (laughs) anyways, so on week seven, right, we've already kind of gone through everything. We've talked about the trades as as well. Uh, Are the Vikings back? Officially? Uh, uh, not, depends if feeling is okay. If his hamstring turns out to be that on was, the serious that side. That catch was ridiculous. Uh, I don't know how I feel about the Vikings going forward, just riding digs and cooks. But at home, I think they can survive on the road without feeling. I don't know. They'll be fine this week. That's for sure. I mean, I don't oh, expect, yeah. I don't expect yeah. the to play on Thursday. Um, but they're not going to need them. They're, they will need them, yeah. Uh, and – Obviously, riding Dalvin Cook is risky. Uh, guy definitely has. We all know history. that. Yep. They don't need him because they're playing the Redskins for anybody. No, they didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying like. I'm just letting the people know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think they'll need him against the Redskins. No. no. But in the future, for them to make a playoff run, stuff like that, they're going to need Thielen and Diggs out there because, I mean, Kyle Rudolph is whatever. Right. So they need two two weapons out there that can actually make plays. And like. Actually, Kirk Cousins looks like he can throw the ball and have a pretty decent offense again. Combined with that Vikings D, they should be a factor going forward, barring health, obviously, with Thielen. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think if Kirk Cousins plays with a little bit of an edge, he's kind of he has a little bit of fire to him. He plays a lot better than when he's kind of more laid back. And I think that whole Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen kind of calling him out, that really just lit him up. And... Like, whenever we've seen this guy compete at a high level, it's the, the you-like-that moment where he's animated. Like, he's not just, you know, quiet Kirk, you know, and just kind of doing his own thing. When he's really playing with an edge, like, that guy can sling it. You know, we saw that with the Redskins. He's finally doing it now with the Vikings. But, yeah, it took a little bit of a public airing out of grievances from his wide receiving core to get that to happen. But at least it happened. They're 5-2 and two now and going to roll on to 6-2 and because there's no shot they lose to the Redskins. No, no chance. No. Makes you wonder what they were doing in the first four weeks of the season. I have no idea. I don't know if it was... Well, they faced a couple of tough defenses, but the, the loss of the Falcons, that's tough, because oh, the Falcons are... Brutal. Yeah, a dumpster fire as well. 100%. And now they're without Matt Ryan, possibly, for an extended period. If his ankle injury turns out to be a high ankle sprain, yikes. Yeah, that that could turn for the worse. Absolutely, but... Yeah, I mean, looking at the slate here from Week 7, still going across. Obviously, the Bills, I mean, I thought for a second there was a chance they were going to drop that game. I mean, good Lord. The Miami Dolphins, man. I I know they're all NFL teams, but the Dolphins are not. I mean, they are barely an NFL team. So the the Bills still clean up. The Texans uh, drop to the Colts. And the Colts take the lead lead in uh, the AFC... Uh, south, so I think Jacoby Brissett, low key, is not like a top quarterback, but he's always showing that he, again, I will say it again, a true, legit franchise quarterback, uh, at least up until now. Because, I mean, any other guy, backup quarterback, all of a sudden your guy retires at the helm, a lot of guys would crumble with that kind of pressure. All of a sudden the franchise is on your shoulders, nobody else is really. I mean, it's, it's your team now, you got a little bump in your pay. Now the expectations rise even more, and he's clearly risen up to them. 
I did not see the Colts going four and two to start this season, or beating teams like the Texans who came off a victory against KC. Colts as well have a victory on KC. I mean, that's those are legit quality wins. So you can't take that away from them. No, I can't figure out the Texans either. I yeah. mean, you go and beat the Chiefs with Mahomes, and then you lose to the Colts. I mean, the Colts played well, but Bill O'Brien, you got to win that game. You can't, you can't be losing that game to the to the Colts when you have a golden opportunity to go win this division. And if they lose to the Raiders this week, man, it's they good. they could. I think they might too. Well, they're definitely not losing to the Raiders because, as we know, the Raiders are trash. 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 I, I just think they're 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 inconsistent. I don't know, man. Nah, they're trash. No Will Fuller. All you got is D Hop. The Raiders yeah. beat the Colts, but they're still trash. Still trash. We'll see about that. We'll see. But I I, I want to go back to the Buffalo Miami game real quick. Yep. Uh, Zach, did you pick uh Buffalo minus seventeen in that game? Yep. Jonathan, did you pick a uh, Buffalo minus seventeen? Did not. Went with Miami in that game. Hmm. Good for you. Were they were you, they your mortal lock of the week, Zach? Nope. Were they mine? I don't know. Definitely not. Yes, they were mine, okay? Yes, I had the Buffalo Bills, minus 17, mortal lock of the week. I'm 1-4, okay? All right, I'm doing my best. I thought <laughs> maybe the, the Buffalo Bills, historically, the past couple of years, are very good against the spread. And you know what? <clears throat> they bit me. They bit me good, and I'll take it. That's fine. You said it's a high number. You but said, I th- and I quote, one hundred percent. Check that. One thousand percent. Buffalo minus seventeen. Miami. Miami bank. decided to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tough. sir. All right, sir. Bodily functions intact, please. Over there on the phone line. Much preferred. Dolphins plus seventeen and a half. Never in doubt. <laughs> Facts. I will. I don't know you. about that, but to bet the mortal lock of the week on that game and just have it not even come close. That's tough. I mean, yeah, I was a touchdown off, but come on. I mean, the Dolphins were winning in the fourth quarter. But still, well, I mean, scoreboard. I was a touchdown off, so, you know. Sure. (laughs) Still, my, all right, I'll tell you right now, we're not doing them yet, but my mortal walks this week will, they won't only hit. They'll, (laughs) They'll hit by, like, at least double the margin, right? I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Oh, oh are, are you gonna? Are you gonna? So, are you by saying uh, uh, that? Uh, uh, are you saying they don't count as mortal locks if they don't hit by double the margin? Then, are you willing to go that far? That's that's not. I'm not willing to go that far. Oh, but sir, back in the No, no, you cannot say that. I would say though, like if a four for four was in action on the side for that, yeah, I mean, I would. But just for the mortal locks for, for the show, for the show itself, yeah. I mean, you cannot make that statement and that, then walk it back you can't immediately make that statement and then not follow through. I oh. literally just said I would do a four for four on it, but not for just the only mortal walk. Like, no. Yeah, I, I'm going to do the normal spread. But like if someone wanted to challenge me on doubling the spread for a different thing. Yeah, I can't I'm wait totally for done. the spread for his two mortal locks to be like minus one and a half. <laughs> so doubling it is a field, a field goal. <laughs> well, see. <laughs> You know, I'm trying to keep it at respectable lines here. I'm not going to pick a 15 point line. I mean, that's just absurd. Yeah, but, yeah I mean, yeah, it's pretty, pretty absurd. Knowing the bet, going by uh, this logic, uh, the Bills would have had to win by 35 last week. Yeah, yeah, which I never would have done. But for the right. spreads I have this week, they're not like one. I mean, one of them is kind of small, but the other one's not that bad. So I feel fine about it. You know, one and four over here. That's fine. 
I'm okay with it, but Zach's over here sitting pretty at, what are you? Are you 4-0 now? No, no. No, two, no. Two, yeah. two and one. Two and one. Okay. Was, I'm, I'm pretty good on the show. You're not good on the show. I am good on the show. He's the club leader. He's the clubhouse leader. On the show, I've hit like so many times. You're 4-1. Yeah. He's 2-1. Uh, I don't know. Who I'm one and four. I'm one, three, and one because I don't know how to rate the Rams over the Seahawks blunder. I have to go back and listen to the audio to see what I said. Yeah, I see. I've gone. I've even gone back to that. It's kind of tough to tell. But any, anyways, can, can we can we respect my Tennessee mortal lock from last? No, week? we cannot no. because that was a terrible pick that should have lost. <laughs> Mason <laughs> Ramsey yes. effect. Terrible, terrible pick. Mason Ramsey effect. Yeah, Mason Ramsey effect. Terrible. You're not wrong. That was a terrible, was a terrible pick. pick Melvin Gordon got in the end zone, and they called it back. That was a terrible mm. call. I don't know. <laughs> he I don't was know, over Chief. the line. You clearly see it. These refs were awful. <laughs> Dude, it's not what happened in the game. It's the fact that I told you to hammer the Titans minus two and a half. It hit, and you would have been rich. <laughs> Unreal. Unreal stuff right terrible there. Terrible call. Electric. Electric factory. I don't mean, know. For the guest caller. Yeah, guest caller. Score one for you, pal, with the ma- the Mason Ramsey effect. Wait, can we just can we keep a track like a CPU in the FBL so well, for like guest callers? Yes. If we do that, then the guest caller is one and one because Dan Roach screwed yep. up last week. Yeah, Dan Roach had one. Oh, so yeah. I hate that kid. Guest callers <laughs> one and one on the year for Mortal Watch. So uh, tough. Doing better than me though. True, it's not better than me. It's not right. <laughs> Jeez, jeez. Uh, but, yeah, we will definitely get into Mortal Walks and Fantasy Favorites. We should probably do that Why don't we just get now. into it now? Yeah, yeah, we should. It's a great segue. It is. <laughs> it's one of the all-time greatest segues, actually. Oh, why don't we go first to the man in the car? Oh, oh, put me on the spot? Yeah, that would be you. Okay. Right on the spot. All right. Yeah. So. You got one? My Mortal Walk of this week. We got a 1 o'clock game between a really trash team and a also really trash team that Ryan is obsessed with. We've got the Rams and the Bengals. Rams are favored minus 12 and a half. I'm telling you, my mortal lock of the week, Bengals plus 12 and a half. The Bengals have only lost Ew. two of their seven games Sir. by more than double-digit <laughs> I points. I love that pick. Only two of their seven games they've lost by more than 10. Rams are terrible. They're too inconsistent. Hammer the Bengals plus 12 and a half this week. Love that pick. Since he just keeps games close at the end. They score garbage time touchdowns to get within the spread. They do it all the time. I love that pick. Couldn't Thank do it last so much. week, though. Right. <laughs> well, Andy Dalton I mean, floats one up, and Gio, Gio Bernard is not paying attention. They get a pick six. Yeah, yeah, that was tough. Okay, all right. I see where you're at. Uh, my, mortal lock, game my mortal lock of the week is you guys' Seahawks. Minus three and a half. Over Atlanta. If that doesn't hit, I should just retire. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's a quote. Yeah, that's, that's a quote. Now, now I'm kind of hoping it doesn't hit so yeah. you should just retire. Good. <laughs> Honestly, the, the Seahawks have been playing close games all year, and for the most part, they've been winning them. Atlanta, likely no Matt Ryan. Now they have no Mohamed Sanu. Freeman just got ejected last week. Who knows what discipline he might face. He'll probably play, but that's hanging over their head, too. If Seattle How doesn't... How is this line... Sorry to interrupt. How is this line minus three and a half, knowing yeah. that Matt Ryan's probably not going to play? I have no idea, and if you can get it, just take it while you can before it gets up to, like, minus 10. Yeah, I'll tell you why. Really? 
Will you, Jonathan? <laughs> left coast team coming east. Yeah, oh, that please don't make last time. Please <laughs> don't make that a thing. The gamblers, Vegas loves loves the East Coast team when the left coast comes for an early game. Stop saying left coast. It's not the left coast. Ten a.m. start. Can it, you at least local, say ten a.m. start local time? All right. Can you at least say left coast going to right coast? No. No one says the right coast. That's nobody, a, nobody says the left. No coast. one says the left coast. I Thank say you. it. That's You're disgusting. trying to start a trend that is just not no, going to we're happen. Not. We hate this. All right, West Coast team coming east. All right, go ahead. Since you want to just hammer this, go ahead. What's your moral lock, Louis All Jonathan? Right. My moral lock is uh, the early game this uh, week. It's uh, Minnesota at home against Washington on the short week. I got Minnesota minus 15 and a half. That's a moral lock. I don't care that Adam Thielen's not playing. Washington is absolutely trash. Always hammer the home team in the Thursday night game. Love the line. Minnesota by three touchdowns, probably. Didn't you say that was a 1 o'clock start? No. What? He said it was an early start. He should have just said an it was early, a early game, said the early game, game in the week. Thursday yeah. game. That's, yeah. Early game means 1 o'clock on Sunday. No, yeah. early thank game you. in the week means thank Thursday. Thank you, listener. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, caller. You're welcome. <laughs> Always here to correct Jonathan when he needs to be. Zach, what do you got there, pal? I got a... Nice little one o'clock game for you. Tampa Bay, money line, underdogs, book it against the Titans. Easy win. Ryan Tannehill, trash. Book it. Put the house on it. Going back okay. against the Titans. Okay. okay. Yeah, but I got like Tampa Bay this time. And Chris Godwin's <laughs> gonna catch twelve touchdowns. So we're all good. Is that because he's on your fantasy team? Nope. No, I never even heard of the guy. <laughs> fantasy star this week. So I have two. Yeah. Count them. Two mortal locks. That's right. First ever in show history. Two for one show because I need them. Green Bay, minus four and a half versus Kansas City. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up right now because, yes, Matt Moore, is he competent for that offense? Can he game manage? Yes, I believe he can. But I also think that Green Bay is too hot right now. Six and one. Rodgers coming off a huge game. It's going to be Sunday night prime time. Yes, they're on the road. But I love Green Bay in this game. Hammer it. I hate Green Bay in this game. Okay. Love Casey. Oh, please bet me. We we might have to discuss a little later on. I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm scared of his mortal hawk now. Well, I mean, how many burritos, how many four for fours do you people want from me, okay? All right. You get a pick right I'm just a man. I'm just a man. Second one. You're just a man with a lot of debt. I facts. I feel great about this one. Even better. Buffalo minus 1.5 versus Philly at home. Lock that one up. I feel... Wow. Wow, Jonathan. That was so innovative. Like, that is some radio genius stuff right there. What did I just listen to? Kid played a sound effect through his phone thinking we were all going to laugh. Yeah, good one. Buffalo minus 1.5 against Philly. Anytime Philly has gone up against a competent defense this year, pretty much they falter. All right, Lions, they lose 27-24. They, yes, they did beat the Packers early in the year, but defense not good there. Uh, Vikings, Vikings absolutely destroy them. Cowboys destroy them. Solid defenses all around. Buffalo has a better defense than both of those teams, in my opinion. So, Josh Allen, don't turn the ball over, and that 1.5 will hit. Seal it. Yeah, Philly's crap. They're so bad. Seal it up. See what up, baby. Who picked them as their mortal, mortal lock last week and Ooh. pick them? Not I. Mm, that's Pro- probably me. That's some lie right there. <laughs> I'm sure. It might have yeah. been me. Yeah. <laughs> that's tough. Tough. I should, you just, really stick, don't like to I should just stick with what I say on the show. 
I don't know why you don't. Yeah, do that. I don't know why you yeah. don't. I'd be hitting. I don't know why week. you change. I'd just be hitting every. That's week. like your 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 mortal walks in the show are hitting. So you should just use those, or else you're a fraud. No, he's 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 he knows that if he uses them both for the show and our actual pick'em group, he's gonna start losing right. everything. It's tough. He's hedging his bets because he doesn't have. Oh. The cojones. I'm, I'm it's a terrible way to go about things. I'm tanking and pick them, so I'm just going for the food at this point. So, all right, we'll go fantasy favorites. Uh, if you guys want to start with Nick again on the line, do you have a fantasy uh, favorite? I'm going to ask for a snake draft here this time. Go, go the opposite direction. Snake draft. Right. Okay, That's so I'll go though. first then. Um, sometimes I like to do like a daily fantasy one, but this time, because I'm in this spot myself with pretty much both of my teams. I'm going to go for a quarterback that I feel like if you need to plug in and play, you need to get you some points. Matt Moore, I know. I, I, didn't, I wasn't trashing him, but I'm saying with that Kansas City offense, mm. I think he'll be able to game manage enough. He's going to be on the, the open market. He's not really owned in any leagues. So 99.9% available. <laughs> yep. Pick him up if you need a quarterback. I feel good about Matt Moore and that Kansas City offense. So laugh really? all you want. Go for it. So I you're like going to pick Green Bay as your mortal lock, and then you feel solid about Matt Moore. Yeah, because I when, when, well, when I was talking about Green Bay, right, I said I know Matt Moore will probably you know be competent in this game. He's not going to turn the ball over. He's probably going to throw a couple touchdowns, in my opinion. So, yeah, I, I like Matt Moore in this game, but I don't like Kansas City to, to win or cover. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Is that your only... Uh... That's all you got? Oh, that's that's one I got right now. If right. if one of you guys want to go, um, Kenny Stills guy, you know Will Fuller's gonna be out this week for the Texans. Um, they really need to have a strong game against the Raiders, and the Raiders left a bunch of points last week. So Kenny Stills should see a bunch of targets this week. Should be a big bump in playing time with Fuller out, and uh, hopefully get some points. Yeah, uh, mine is D.D. Westbrook, a wide receiver for the Jags against the Jets. Uh, Jets got a good run stuff in defense, so I don't think Leonard Fournette's going to be able to get much going on the ground. And then I think the Jets are going to put all their defensive focus on Chark. Uh, Westbrook uh, is coming off a 6-for-103 game. I like him to repeat that this week. Solid wide receiver, two numbers. I have two that I love. I love Ty Johnson, who's going to be filling in for Carrion Johnson on Detroit. Uh. He's going up against the Giants, who allow the six most points to running backs in fantasy. He's already shown that he'll be involved in the passing game, so in PPR leagues, he should be have a stable floor. I like the matchup. I like Ty Johnson this week. I also like John wow. Brown, the wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. His worst game this season is 4 for 51, and he's gotten at least six targets in every game but one, I believe. And he's been consistently getting 7 for 90 pretty much the whole season. And... He's going up against the Philadelphia Eagles, who literally are the worst team. They literally give up the most points to fantasy receivers. He's owned in 66% of leagues, so odds are he might not be there, but he could be. So if he's there or you have him, I'd fill him in. Yeah, I believe John before, is one of the, before anybody else one. goes, I just got to say, if your name is if your last name is Johnson and you're a running back, you stink. Big of true. Huge, huge of true. Shout out uh, CJ2K. I uh, I have another fantasy favorite as well. Uh, this one at the tight end position. Uh, he's only 64% owned, Gerald Everett of the Rams. Uh, he's actually the ninth-ranked overall tight end in the league right now, in fantasy anyways. And he's seen a lot of targets, 34 over the past four games. 
So, honestly, tight end one. Or, I mean, flex two, if you have two flexes. But seriously, that guy is very underrated right now. He's flying way under the radar. So, if you need a tight end, have at it. Love it. One other yeah. tight end. I talked about him last week. Chris Herndon. Okay. Finally going to be back this week. I, I'm not a Jets stand. I'm a Chris Herndon stand because he's a stud, and they need to throw the ball to somebody. And he's on your team. I did pick him up, <laughs> but that is besides the point. That's just good insight. He is He's a very good playmaker, and he's finally coming back after suspension and little injury. And Darnold's going to throw the ball somewhere, not that he's going to be seeing ghosts all over the place. But it should be a much easier week this week than it was last week. Yeah, I, got, I like that, Zach. I got um, Derek Carr. I'm definitely not a fan of the Raiders, but I do like Derek Carr's uh, matchup this week at Houston. He's only owned in 17.2% of ESPN leagues. Houston's been getting absolutely uh, shelled by opposing QBs. They just got eaten up by Jacoby Brissett the past week. You know, you're a Ravens guy. You got Lamar Jackson. He's on the bye this week. You need someone. I would go up and pick Derek Carr up. He's got a probably pretty stable floor with a high upside. Okay. Tough week for QBs. You got Dak out, Lamar out. Yep. Patrick Mahomes just got hurt. Mm-hmm. Matt, Matt Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, Matt Ryan just got hurt, too. That's four starting quarterbacks that just got hurt, so mm-hmm. are on buys. Yep. All right, fellas. Let me give you a pick you don't want to hear, but you need to hear. All right? <laughs> You're going to say that I have a Dolphins bias, but you just need to hear me out, okay? You have a Dolphins bias. You say Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm hanging up on you. Yep. I'm not saying Ryan Fitzpatrick, but he's going to be the reason why you got to pick up Devontae Parker and start playing him at your flex position if you need it. This guy just got targeted 10, game, 10 times in his last game. Uh, he's had three straight weeks with a touchdown. His worst fantasy outing was only 8.6 points. And every time he's had a low, he's only had a low amount of yardage, I would say, like low being like below 40 yards one time. And he had a touchdown that game to salvage it. He's getting steady looks with Fitzpatrick. Him and Preston Williams are two guys you can fill in who are starting to get consistent looks in that Dolphins trash offense. If you need spots to fill at your flex position, pick them up. They're only they're owned in less than ten percent each in ESPN leagues. Pick them up and play them if you need them, especially as bye weeks are starting to continue to increase. You got anything else there, pal? Uh, well, Ryan stole my John Brown pick. I really loved uh, John Brown this week against the Eagles, but you know, that's just because I own him. You know, sometimes guys from your own team where, you know, you're feeling good, you might have the best uh, insight, you know. Yeah. I, sometimes you have a bias, but true. sometimes you got good insight. It's true. I, I picked Josh Allen last week, and I started it. I saw that. And he did very well. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a good pick. Absolutely. I don't blame you there. All right, but I, gotta, I, I have to get a fantasy hate in, and I should have done this a long time ago, but I'm just going to let out my frustrations now. I think everyone knows where I'm going with this. I hate Joe Mixon. I hate Breaking Joe news. Mixon. Breaking news. Ah, the last two weeks, he has 18 carries for 12 yards. Ew. Oh. Ew. That is less than one yard a carry. That's I am almost like positive. Sony Michelle numbers. Yeah, I am that's almost positive. I am almost positive that you could fill in any one of us hand the ball off to us, and ask to, to dive over the line of scrimmage and gain a yard every single time for 18 times in a row, and we could do it. I'm, I'm almost positive. 
I mean, I would break my spine, but yes. Probably. We'd probably be very hurt afterwards, but if you just said, give us the ball 18 times and get 18 yards, I think we could all do it. So you're saying we could get better than 3.6 inches per per carry? Yes. Okay. Which is uh, what he had this week. Yes. Yes. That's, yes. Oh yes. Gosh. What he is, what Zach is alluding to is that Joe Mixon had 10 rushing attempts this week for two yards. You know, you really hate to see that, Ryan. Yes, you do. Uh, you really hate to spend a first-round pick on him, too. Uh, but he – and he doesn't have a good matchup this week either. He's playing the Rams. The Rams are okay, pretty solid-ish, somewhere in that range against the run. And I just don't see any way where he gets involved in this game. He His only three competent games are when – he has 15 to 20 carries a game, and he's only done that three times, three times. And it just, if he doesn't get going in the first five to ten carries, they just abandon him completely, since he just abandons ship completely. So Expect that to happen again and again and again and again and again for the foreseeable So future. keep him on the bench until he shows you something again. Exactly. I will not make said mistake again this season. Well, hopefully the audience doesn't either. I love the fantasy hate column. Let's get into that. Yeah. I hate oh, let Cliff me... Kingsbury. <laughs> Arizona Cardinals. Yes. What are you doing? <laughs> David Johnson, your franchise running back, comes in one carry, then he's taken out of the game. Chase Edmonds comes in three 20-yard touchdown runs for 35 <laughs> fantasy points. And the Arizona Cardinals Twitter account comes out oh and sa- it, with a little gif and says, Oh, you should have started Chase Edmonds in fantasy. How are we supposed to know that? Yeah. We all, Chase Edmonds is owned in probably every league out there. Everybody knows about him. He's been a really good backup player. I have to correct you there. He's actually only owned in 10%. That's asinine. I know. That's crazy. That'll go up to like 90. Yes, that's going to skyrocket immediately. And then Cliff Kingsbury says, that David Johnson was only going to play in an emergency situation. After the fact. After the fact. And then you give the guy the first carry of the game. What are they doing? Maybe it was gamesmanship. That's fine. But ah, that sucks to be a David Johnson owner. So frustrating. Sucks. That's brutal. Thank God I don't bother with that. (laughs) So I'll I'll dump on real quick. Le'Veon Bell. Adam Gase. Adam Gase. Figure something out with this man in the passing game. One reception for six yards. I know the Patriots defense, the boogeyman. I know it's scary. You saw ghosts. Well, guess what, buddy? This guy thrives as a hybrid back. You got to get him the ball out of the backfield. 15 for 70, 80. How about some more? How about 20 for 105? How about you mix it up a little bit more and you don't mic up your franchise quarterback in front of national audiences, huh? How about you try that one time for me, Adam Gase? Then get back to me. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Love it. Get it out. <laughs> yes. I had to get it off my chest. I love the fantasy hate. Uh, my plea <laughs> is to the Los Angeles Chargers. Why are you not throwing Keenan Allen the ball anymore? <laughs> you were They were force-feeding him the first couple weeks of the season. And so, like, the last four weeks, I think he went, like, 7, 8, 11, 10. When he had... Thank you. 26, like 17, 44 the first three weeks. He's still somehow a top 10 wide receiver in fantasy. Can they start throwing the ball to this guy? Like, he needs double-digit targets. He needs needs (laughs) double-digit targets every single week. 
Please throw him the ball. Good, good things happen when you throw Keenan Allen the football. I'm surprised this wasn't directed to towards because Keenan Allen won't get passes. I'm just surprised you didn't direct your hate towards wide receiver two DeAndre Hopkins. Oh well, <laughs> oh, DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> caught two touchdowns. I don't care that on the set sheet he only caught one on Sunday. He caught two in my mind, um, so I think he's back. <laughs> so, Fair enough. So you, no more yelling at the Texans to throw DeAndre Hopkins the ball. Well, as long as Will is Fuller, he a wide receiver one? Yeah, as long as Will, well, Will Fuller, Fuller is, out, is yeah. out, then DeAndre Hopkins is going to eat back. But when Will Fuller comes back, I will cry again. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> Tears of joy. Tears hey, uh, Caller, do you have anyone that you hate? Uh, and this this is going to pain me to say this. But I've already put in a claim to drop Delaney Walker. I, I mean, I can't, you can't hang on wow. to this guy anymore. He's hurt. He, uh, He's hurt. He used to be. He used to be all reliable. And, I mean, he gets hurt every year now. And now he's getting absolutely no looks. He dropped an, a, a straight goose egg for me this week. He's going to lead me to a dress. I can't afford that. My reputation's on the line. I have to drop him. Please, everyone else, go ahead, drop him. Trade him or something. You cannot kill uh, What you would you trade keep. him for? Joe Mixon? Uh, you'd have to put in a package. You wouldn't trade him straight up for anything. He'd have to be a part of a package. Okay. Wow. Well, I think that covers it. I love the new fantasy hate. Coming in after fantasy favorites, you get something off your chest. You know, oh. it feels good. It's liberating. It's nice. But, you know, for football, I think we've pretty much covered about everything. Nick, yep. do you have anything else you'd like to add? Uh, no, I think uh, we had a very nice football discussion. I'm very glad and honored to be on the show. Thank you, Nick Brown. Uh, would you like to stick around for the remaining segments, or are you all set here, buddy? Uh I would love to keep sticking around unless uh, you want to give Dan Roach a chance to call in. I know he's a little triggered in the chat right now. We can do that, yeah. I mean, either way, we have to take a quick break. We'll do, like, one song and then come back with the rest of the show. Uh, we'll... All right, yeah. Why don't you just text him during the break, see if he wants to join. We'll do that, okay? We are live on radio discussing our plans. Yes. Hey, man, sometimes you got to workshop That's how the it. best shows work. you got to workshop it, baby. It's a, it's a teamwork, teamwork effort. But anyways, I would expect Ryan to know anything about teamwork. Anyways, uh, that is going to do it for the NFL talk and Patriots recap win 33-0 to zero over the Jets. Just an absolute throttling. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Mouthing Off Sports on WBIM 91.5 FM. You can call us at 508-531-1303. Dan Sadik along here, Ryan Brown, Jonathan Sullivan, Zach Lacey. We'll be right Bye, Nick. <laughs> WBIS. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Mouth and Off Sports Show. Hosted here, Dan Sadik, alongside with Ryan Brown, Jonathan Sullivan, and Zach Lacey. We got our final segments of the night. We're going to start with World Series and then segue on to the NBA as they kick off their season tonight. But World Series, guys, we got Nationals and Astros, okay? I mean, not the matchup I expected to see coming in, at least on the NL side, especially with Bryce, Harf- uh, Bryce Harper leaving uh, last offseason. But, man, what a story. 
what a story for that team, that fan base, everything. Like, you take away Bryce Harper, all of a sudden you're in the World Series. Never saw it coming. But on the Astros side, this is a sort of a mini dynasty here in the making uh, with this core. They're just super talented, top to bottom, pitching, bullpen. Their lineup, absolutely stacked. So how do we feel going into this, guys? Uh, I mean, I think it's going to be a pretty commanding win for the Astros. It might even be a sweep. But sweep or gentleman sweep is probably the most likely uh, outcome here. I mean, what are you going with? Uh, gentleman sweep, five, game five. It'd be over. Five games, all right. Yeah. I yeah, think they. Uh, sorry, uh, go ahead. Oh, you can keep going. I was just saying, I think they win game two against Verlander. He's been a little shaky, but after they're not going to win against Cole. But, Garrett Cole, he hasn't lost a start since May 27th, 25 straight starts. He's not losing again. Yeah, I also think it's not going to be all that competitive. I have the Astros in a gentleman sweep as well. I mean, I just expect they both have decent pitching, but the Astros' offense is better. They're not going to be Cole. I don't think they're going to be Verlander either. I know Verlander struggled a bit. If they're going to get a win off anyone, it's going to be Granky. Right, Granky's going to hit a home run. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and Yeah, well, yeah, whatever. But, yeah, I like I like the Astros. I don't think it's going to be all that close. I mean, the Nationals are a good story. It would be funny if they won, shoved it down Bryce Harper's throat. But, it would be very funny. But, yeah, I mean, the Astros have been the best team in baseball all year. They're going to cap off this year with the World Series. So the Astros absolutely have the advantages across the board in terms of talent, pitching, hitting, fielding, whatnot. But on paper, the Nationals have been out-hitting, out-pitching them. So my mind says the Astros should win this in five, like you guys agree. But my heart says the Nats are going to find a way to win in seven. I'm going to go Nats in seven. Nats in seven? I'm going to go Nats in seven. I think this is the Cinderella story, and they are actually going to complete it. And you think part of that, do you you think part of that is really fueled by, like, we just, you know, quote-unquote lost our franchise piece, centerpiece guy, like not not like they're talking about it, but maybe just internally, it's kind of like a small thing. Like oh, people were counting counting us out. We lost Bryce, and now like nobody was giving us like nobody like in the preseason. You know, spring training was giving the Nationals a big bump. I think it has less to do with that and more that they finally got the monkey off their back, the right. postseason monkey. They had the fortunate bounce in the wild card game, and then they are able to capitalize on playoff Kershaw in Game Five of the NLDS. And then they steamroll through the Cardinals and the NLCS. I just think it's a train that is not going to be stopped. Yep. And for me, I'm going Astros in six, mainly because I think the Nationals pitching, uh, Strasburg, Scherzer, they they might be able to sneak one or two in there. But ultimately, the Astros, again, top to bottom, uh, 100-win seasons, what, three straight years now. They really are proving to be a legit, consistent team year in and year out, always contending, which in baseball it's hard to do, right? How many times have we seen the Red Sox like win a World Series or get really close, and then the next year they flop right back? Hence, the 2019 Red Sox. They're coming off a franchise record-breaking year. They come back. Teams in baseball can flip-flop like that uh, from year to year. So the National, uh, the Astros, rather, just the talent is off the charts. I mean, that the Jose Altuve walk-off home run, that pitch was pretty much high and outside, it looked like, from Chapman, and he just turned on it. And... Walk-off fashion, multiple walk-off wins. It feels like they have all, like just too much momentum, too much juice, and the talent ultimately will supersede that Cinderella story. But, hey, I would love to see the Nationals pull it off if they could. Right, I think we'd all – it's a great story for the Nationals. Yeah. Bryce Harper leaving and then they get to the World Series. It's just, that's just comical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but It is. 
the Astros just have too much talent across the board, man. I mean, Nationals maybe get a couple more pieces, and then, but they just—it's not going to be close. Yeah, I totally agree with. I mean, I think it'll be a little bit closer than you think. You're saying, gentlemen, Zach, uh, Jonathan, you said gentlemen's too, right? Yeah, I just have the Nationals getting one more win, probably at home. But, yeah, this Astros team, truly, going from literal the bottom, 100-plus losses uh, like six years ago, now they have one of the best young cores in all of baseball, if not the best young core in all of baseball. We'll see what happens with uh, Cole after this uh, season, if he ends up going elsewhere. But, I mean, they brought on a guy like Verlander, a couple of years ago, and it's done nothing but pay off for them. They've made a lot of the right moves here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only really like mistake you could say they've made in the past like seven years is not sticking with JD Martinez. I mean, ultimately, like that was his first spot. But besides that, they've done everything right uh, as far as building up their team from the ground up. They've truly done that, and then sprinkling in the you know acquisitions from the outside to sort of help the whole thing mesh together. That's why I love them. They're a really fun team to watch. So yeah, the only other mistake I'd say they made is not signing Keiko back. That I too. Mean, yeah, the guy was looked pretty pretty good with the Braves. So or Charlie Morton, he was pretty good. Yeah, Charlie Morton's pretty good too. But that then they got a Jordan Alvarez comes up and the dude's a stud. Like they got people left and right that are amazing players and. As of Garrett Cole, I kind of hope he goes to the Angels. Give Mike Trout a chance to actually Please. make the playoffs. Joe Madden, get him some help on the pitching end. That'd be like, great. He needs California guy. Like he needs to be in the playoffs. Your best player in the league has to get in the playoffs. So, but yeah, we're gonna do a lot more World Series talk and coverage uh, as you know the series gets going and everything. But we have to get to NBA uh, as the season tips off tonight here. Not the Celtics though. They'll tip off tomorrow against the 76ers. Tonight, we get your Clippers and Lakers going at it. Just the, the perfect way to start off the season. LeBron, Anthony Davis uh, going up against the Clippers with Kawhi there. Fresh face. Paul George is injured, so we won't see him just yet. But, man, I'll say this right off the bat. I could not be rooting harder uh, against uh, the L.A. Lakers this year. Pretty much the only team besides the Sixers in my own conference in the West the only team I really have a disdain for is the Lakers. How Anthony Davis ultimately got there, everybody knew it was going to happen. A classic NBA type of thing where they couldn't get him uh, back in like December. The young guys found out about it, so they had a clean house. Get Lonzo out of there. Get your Brandon Ingrams out of there. And then ultimately, Davis comes on board. It was going to happen. It was inevitable. And that's one of the things I hate about the NBA, and the Lakers embody that. So those are my initial thoughts. Ryan? Uh, sure. Uh, I don't, I'm not big on the Lakers this year either. I think that they're going to, in terms of regular season success, at least, I think that they're going to be resting guys periodically, especially LeBron and AD. I think load management will be a big thing over there, especially when they've, the rest of their role players are also old veterans for the most part. I think they're going to be relying on Kyle Kuzma more than people anticipate. And I actually don't think they're going to be a top five finish in the top four finish in the West, rather, uh, in terms of regular season standings. I think they'll do solid. I think they'll do fine in the playoffs, but it depends on what your expectations are for the Lakers. If you're expecting them to win a championship like most people are, I think they're going to fall short of that. 
and by a decent margin. Yep. If the expectations are a little bit more tempered, I could see them reaching them. But if it's finals or bust for them, I don't like their odds this year. Yeah, and that's that's part of the reason why, too. I don't like them. I don't think they're going to mesh as at least the first year. Like Kuzma, LeBron, they've already played together a little bit, but Davis thrown in there and, and everything else. Like I just don't. I don't see them having that type of uh, NBA championship type of year. I think they'll probably get to the conference finals. But, yeah, just to start it off, yeah, Lakers, not a big fan of that. But I do find it interesting that we've kind of shifted from the big three uh, to a more dynamic, you know, duo type of thing where it's really based on two main guys and then a supporting cast is kind of the formula now, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm so excited. The NBA finally has some parity. It's not, you know, Golden State. It's going to run the lead. They're going to win the championship, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is a foregone conclusion. You know, there's a handful of teams this this uh, year that can win the championship. And just to speak on the Lakers, I'm also not sold on the Lakers. I agree with Ryan. I have, you know, three or four teams in the West that I think are going to have a better regular season than them. Uh, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, I all think are going to finish above the Lakers. You can make an argument for Houston, Portland even as well. Uh, you know, I'm just not sold on them. And I do think this is the year that age finally catches up with LeBron. You saw it a little bit last year. He got hurt. He missed a lot of time. The Lakers kind of caved in at the end. Um, but I just think that his body, I mean, he just got so many miles on that on that body. I mean, more than, like, anyone ever at his age. I just think, you know, as much of a superhuman as he is, he still is human, kind of. So, I mean... <laughs> I think this is the year that age catches up with him, and it's going to be, you know, he's going to miss another, you know, 20 to 30 games probably, at least with nagging injuries, and I think that will that will cost them in the long run. I do think that, like, age will catch up with him a, a little bit, but I don't think he's going to miss, like, a, another 20 to 30 games again, unless it's, like, a very, like, damaging injury. I just, I, I see him, he made that promise, you know, oh, like, I promise we'll we'll get back to the playoffs next year. It just seems like he's going to pull one of those Cleveland Cavaliers 2016, or rather, uh, mm-hmm. 2017. Maybe not play all 82, but I just mean he's going to put a lot more effort. How many videos did you see last him of him just last year of him not doing anything on defense? Like literally just putting in zero effort on the defensive end. That's not what he's about. He's usually a two-way guy. So I see him getting back to that mold a bit more this season, but he has more guys to lean on too, like Davis. I mean, he didn't really have anything to lean on last year. I wouldn't so, be surprised if he sat out, like, for maintenance purposes, close to 10 games this season. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a lot better than what it was last year with that injury. I mean, maintenance stays, yeah, sure. But like John said, if he gets one nagging injury, then you have to incorporate even more of those maintenance days. But how often has that happened in his career, besides last year? Cause... Okay, so besides the last year, never. But he finally showed cracks, so you just have to go on recent history. Yeah, but... Also, the overall picture, too, right? I mean, yeah, he is getting older. You would tend to think his body isn't just going to magically be, you know, less susceptible to injury. But at the same time, history tells you that typically he plays the vast majority of the games. And, yeah, he'll take maintenance days, but for the most part, he does not get hurt. Yeah, but history also tells you that a player that's going to turn 35 this year should not be the best player in the league. No, that I'm not saying he's the best player. Ever happened before. I'm not saying that though. Who's the best player in the league? Best player in the league right now, I would say Kawhi Leonard probably. Giannis. Kawhi. Giannis. Steph Curry. 
Oh, Zach Lacey from the rooftops. Can't play defense. Going to win another MVP this year, and the Warriors are going to win another title. Just business as usual. The Warriors are not winning the title. Okay. No big deal. They have a <laughs> business as usual. They get Clay Thompson back at the end of the year. Oh, he's Easy. not coming yeah, back. Steve Kerr says he's not coming Why'd back. Why'd you draft him? Because I thought at the time he was, but they literally came out <laughs> today. Literally 3 o'clock. Draft should have been tonight. <laughs> they literally came out. Steve Kerr said, yeah, it's highly unlikely Clay Thompson sees the court whatsoever this year. So it is Steph, Draymond, and friends over in Golden State. They got D'Lo. Yeah. They got D'Lo, but w- what do you really have there? Not a championship team. Definitely not a championship team. Easily championship team. <laughs> they have a better chance of missing the playoffs entirely. That is some cap right there. I Are you a Warrior stan? I am a Warrior stan. Oh, I am a Steph Curry Lord. stan. Oh, you don't like watching crazy. the most interesting player in the league? He's not the most interesting, most player, interesting player, in the player in the league. That's Joel Embiid. All right, the most fun player to watch in the league? It's Joel Embiid. He's no a way is Joel Embiid more fun to watch okay, than Steph Curry. He's a clown. Everybody and shooting threes. Uh, watching Joel just sit there and... Work in the post is not interesting. Mm. Joel takes it outside sometimes. He does. He does a little bit of everything. Nowadays. He does it a little bit yeah. too much, but you know. Yeah, that's, no, that's he definitely forces the issue. Day. I I agree. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of in terms of MVP, it's definitely Steph Curry's definitely top two in my list. I think Giannis is going to go back to back though. I just feel I wouldn't like, be shocked. I wouldn't be. Shocked I just feel right. like Steph is going to be overworked. He's going to put up godly numbers, but he's going to get overworked. His ankles are going to fail him. He's going to blow one out. and I, or s- Some sort of not great injury. Some sort of serious injury is going to happen to him. I hope it doesn't for him. but I, You just got that feeling. I just have yeah. a bad feeling that he hasn't had to carry the burden of a load this much in years, and I don't think he's capable of doing it. And I just feel like by default that means Giannis will go back-to-back because I don't think anyone else that has a – a duo, dynamic duo, is going to be able to win an MVP. That's totally fair. Yeah, I mean, Steph Curry's a trendy pick for MVP. I've seen a lot online. And I wouldn't honestly surprise me if he won. I think that if he stays healthy, he's going to average probably over 30 this year because he's definitely 1A and there's no, you know, other super, super star like there has been in Golden State the last couple of years. But, I mean, to say the Warriors are going to win the championship, not a chance. No, not, not a, chance. a chance. Not They're a chance. Not, there's not even a chance to get the Western Conference Finals this no, year. They won't even win a playoff series. Uh, I don't know about that. That's aggressive. Happen. That's not aggressive. winning a playoff series. Well, you, you heard it here first. Okay, Ryan. Right. We'll, we'll mark that. I won't, I won't go that far. 128, mark the tape. But right. No takers? I uh, took it. I'll consider What am I taking? That. that the Warriors will lose if they make the playoffs, they will not win a playoff series. Yeah, they're going to win a playoff series. Absolutely they're not. Going to, they're going to the finals. <laughs> on the board. But oh, my God. On the board. We do have a caller in. Uh, first time live on the show. He's made a mortal walk. Uh, he's 0-1 in mortal walks. Uh, Dan Roach, how we doing? Hey, is this working? Yeah, you're on, man. Oh, word? Yeah, we're talking some NBA. We just had World Series predictions. Uh, so oh, we're talking NBA? Yuck. Well, yeah, do you have a take on the on the World Series, like a, a prediction that you that you want to throw in there at least real quick? Uh, I just think the Astros they're just they're just too much of a wagon. The starting pitching is, is ridiculous, and, and they got the bats, man, and they've been there. Exactly, yeah, they've literally been there. And if it weren't for the Red Sox last year on a monster pace, they would have been there again. But you, do you have anything on the NBA, buddy? Yeah, I hate the NBA. That's that's what I have on it. 
Fendi. Retuspect. Beautiful. Beautiful, DR. Well, you know, we'll take any and all opinions. You know, if you hate the NBA, that's fine. But, yeah, if you don't have any takes on the actual teams or, you know, dude, NBA tip-off is tonight, man. Like, you don't have any Lakers hot takes, any Celtics hot takes? Uh, not really. I mean, like, I, I could, like, pretend to give a take, but it would just be ill-informed and, and from a place of... DR, for all intents and purposes, that was not me physically hanging up the phone, but I do co-sign on it. Ryan, good job. But Sorry, DR. DR, you're you gonna called to, in way too late, buddy. DR, you just have to get in for uh, the football talk yeah, on the earlier You gotta beat Nick to it. Yell at Nick for yeah, that one. Nick stole all your time. Yell at him. But, uh... You don't got time for I'm that. gonna shift it to the Celtics a little bit. Um, Thank you. On my end... So we're going in now, right? And so we're going in, right? And the Celtics, no more Kyrie Irving. No more Kyrie Irving. Uh, He moves on to Brooklyn. He moves on to Brooklyn, and all of a sudden, the team, honestly, some of the guys got a new look. Jalen Brown shaves his head, got a big beard. Oh, my God, that guy. He gets a big extension now. Uh... Draft somebody in the four. second round with the same talent that he has. Four ah. years, Zach Spielman. You want to give this guy twenty nine million? Zach Spielman, okay. Okay. fourteen okay. and four. Uh, all right, here we go. Jalen Brown this gets four for twenty eight, and you want to give him twenty nine million a year? <laughs> four for twenty eight, and uh, I think it, it's obviously an overpay, right? We can all agree it's an overpay by about twenty million a year. But yeah, absolutely. What I will say, what what I will say, the point I, I was I was going to get to is that if he had a good year, right, 18, 17 uh, points per around there, the Celtics have a nice little run in the playoffs, maybe not win at all or anything, but they have a nice little run, I think he gets almost a max offer sheet from a team that's desperate. And then if you're the Celtics, you either match that offer uh, offer sheet or you let him walk for nothing. And this is a guy that was being talked about, a potential trading asset for a guy like Kawhi Leonard before he got dealt to the Raptors. Not that he would have been the only piece in that trade, but I think that a team at the end of the season would have given him a max offer sheet, say, unless he had a big injury or just played, like, you know, terrible. Yeah, John. I just want to say one thing about the trade. Um, now that he's signed to this massive deal, moving him for a piece like Bradley Beal or Carl Anthony Towns is much more likely because the salaries match. Or like a Blake Griffin. Anybody right. that is around the same figure, you're not going to have to eat cap or whatever. You're not going to have to overpay. You have a matching salary now. Right. But that won't kick in until next right, year. Right, next year, yeah. Yeah. So. But, again, it, it, this could be a terrible contract for all we know. We just – it's one of those things. It's the NBA. It's like, already a terrible draft pick. It's only the second guy Danny Ainge has drafted and extended like this, I believe, since yep. Rondo. Yep. It's been only Smart and Jalen Brown. That tells you a lot about you know, where they were at the end of the, the Big Three era and just sort of how they started building this thing six years ago. So they are banking on a breakout season from Jalen Brown this year and going forward. And from what we've seen, doesn't there's no real like sign that it's coming. Like he came down last year from his year prior and I just don't see it. I will say that he was hurt at the beginning of last season when he was like really bad and then the second half of the year you can make an argument that he was, you know, the second or probably the second best player on your team down the stretch. Maybe Horford, you could say that, but, like, consistently night to night, Jalen Brown put together some really nice stretches. I mean, do I think he's overpaid? Yes. Do I think 
basically everyone in the NBA is overpaid? Yep. Yes. So, I mean, on the back end of this deal, if he becomes an all-star, then I think no you might have a, a valuable contract. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he becomes an all-star. I mean, Zach says you can get someone in the second round that can do what he does. That's not true. It's not even yeah, close. Yeah, that's not even close. But 10 and 4? Kidding me? Can't find somebody in the second round that can do that? No. 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 You can't find someone that can defend at the level yeah. that he does in the second yeah. round. You, there's nobody in the second round, hardly ever, that has the kind of talent that he has. Yeah. He can play. He can play. Th- he can defend four positions on the court, um, which in itself is really valuable. And I mean, it clearly shows that the Celtics are banking on the kids, you know, because if they wanted to sign someone else, then they would let him walk in restricted free agency. But they don't see you know another alternative up against the cap that is better than Jalen Brown going forward because you got to remember he's still only 22 years old right now I mean he still has you know by the back end of his deal he will be in his prime so you're just banking on him breaking out and I think it's certainly possible I mean he's got the talent he's not that bad I mean he's shown flashes going back two years ago to the year they made the uh, Eastern Conference Finals Tatum was your best player in the conference finals, but in the first two rounds of the playoffs, their best player was Jalen Brown. Jalen yeah. Brown was their best player against the Bucks and against the Wizards. No, who did they play in the second round? Did they play the Wizards? Uh, yeah, Wizards. Yeah, Wizards. Okay, he was your best player, okay, on that, that team that went to the conference finals. So, I mean, I don't hate, I don't, I don't hate the deal. Like, is it an overpayment? Yes. In the, in the heat of the moment, like, is it, like, it is an overpayment. The worst contract like I've ever seen. No, unfortunately, the NBA like this is what they have to do, right? Like, otherwise, you wait, you end up you'll end up having to pay him the max if a team you know offer she- offer sheets him, and he's a guy that you drafted number three overall a few years back. So, what are you gonna do? Are you just gonna let him walk? Uh, start you know just set yourself back even more when you've been trying to acquire uh, all these assets and pieces for. Six years now, this rebuilding process has taken. So, honestly, I'm okay with it. I just hate that they had to overpay. I thought closer to 20, maybe 24 million was was going to be more of the range. But I'm just glad he signed it because if even if he didn't, right? If we just went to the end of the season, it could have been a distraction. He's quoted as saying last year he was getting worried because he wasn't getting the output that he wanted. So he started to worry about his contract. He's on the record of saying that. Just uh, yesterday, I believe it was. So, what do you think would uh, would happen if they didn't sign him now? They let the whole thing run out. He would have been playing selfishly, honestly, because if you just take him at his word, he was going to play very individualistic basketball. Get his, try to help out his guys, but he was going to try to get his so he could get paid. He's already paid, so now he's already saying, "I'm not playing for the contract. I'm playing to win." I hope so. That's all I'm saying. I hope so. So the Celtics over under this year for wins is 48 and a half. Do we think that they're going to be able to beat that? Yeah, I got the over. Way uh, under. I think that they're they're going to win 50 games this year. I on paper, they have less talent than they did last year, but the Rozier Kyrie debacle, the Marcus Morris uh thinks like you had two players in Marcus Morris and Terry Rozier that legitimately thought that they are all NBA-type level talent, and they're not. They're not even starters. And I think that they brought down the team. Kyrie brought down the team. All three of those guys are gone. I think you're going to have 
a much more fun Celtics this year. And, I mean, the East is just so terrible that Brad Stevens has been known to get the most out of those scrappy teams. I think they're going to be competitive night in and night out. And night in and night out in the NBA, when you have the amount of talent the Celtics still have on the roster, if you're competing every night, you're going to win 50 games in the East. I agree. The The amount of good teams in the East this year is so few and far between. Oh, my God. They're yeah. going to have no real competition aside from, like, the top four, t- maybe five teams in the East. The, the other nine or ten are just so not even competitive. It's not even funny, especially now that Kawhi has moved out west to the Clippers. Right. The Raptors are just going to be a shell of themselves. And Durant's missing totally. the whole year. I don't exactly. think the Nets are, I don't think that, the Nets are, are going to be, be that good either. either. So with that being said, with the Bucks and Sixers and maybe the Pacers as their only real competition, I have no idea. I, I, I don't see how they can hit the under on this. No way. Unless, They're hitting the over. Obviously, we're, we're not looking. We're not pre- – I, I kind of predicted a, an injury for Steph Curry, but <laughs> in terms of – And LeBron. And LeBron. I, I didn't say LeBron. The, you whole, said LeBron. Said the LeBron. whole league's going down. <laughs> but <laughs> if you look at it from not – if you if they stay healthy, there's no way they don't win fifty. I I totally feel the same there. Uh, Nick, we got Nick back on the line. Uh, do you have an over under there? Uh, can you freeze that? Yeah, I kind of got distracted. The over under. Uh, oh well. All right. Uh, <laughs> if you're, you're going to be on the line, we're going to need you to pay attention. You know, it sucks, but like yeah. we just expect that from our callers. Nick, call in. Ryan, stay tuned. Nice brother, we love from be, Ryan. Be there <laughs> brother we love it's not uh, hard to listen it's not hard to listen also you know you're literally listening when you call in i'll say this just from you know listening to radio over the years it's rare you almost never get to call into a radio show twice yeah. you get one per day that's what i heard so tough uh, i got the hard under there on the celtics zach hard under and uh reasoning um that they're trash and brad stevens is not as good as a coach as everybody thinks he is i respect that take I uh, I think he's going to get exposed this year, and they probably won't even win 45 games. Okay, that, that, I I can't get on board with that one. No. All right, I just said the under, and it was 48 and a half, and that's like three games less. Well, I know, I'm I'm not on board. You're acting like it was an asinine take. (laughs) I'm sorry. It wasn't very asinine, Zach. It it was fine. But 45, I'd say the only way for me is like Hayward gets injured again, or I don't know, like Tatum goes down, something like that, because... I don't think Kemba can, like... It, their lack of bigs would have to be such a glaring weakness. That, oh, yeah, And their, de- their defense fair. would have to be so bad. No, we think it's probably going to be piss poor. It's probably going to be mediocre at best. But their defense would have to be so bad that they can't even outscore their opponents on a somewhat consistent basis. Their offense is going to be really good this yes. year. They, I mean, but the whole strategy this year is definitely, let's just outscore them. Right. It's, Whereas... In years past, it's been let's just hold them to less than us. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't, I just don't see the under hitting, as I said before. I mean, the East is just so bad. I mean, I think the Celtics should be able to put up, you know, 115, 120, because that's the way the league's going now. Um, I think you're going to see a big jump out of Jalen Brown. I think you're going to see a jump out of Jason Tatum, too, because he's the GOAT. I I agree. Um, You know, I think those guys, what does concern me a little bit is that it was basically the Celtics. Celtics light uh, team USA over the summer, and they came in like seventh place or whatever. Yeah, that wasn't a great. Look. That's a little concerning, but, but they were playing exclusively with our own teammates, right. so we can also blame other NBA players for that too. Right? Did, did Marcus Smart get hurt? 
over the summer? No, it was uh, Tatum. Tatum got a little Tatum. hurt. Yeah. But Smart, yeah, they didn't play him a lot, you know, because he's he's good. He's not great. Yeah, he's not like USA basketball, like starting right. player. Well, I mean, we should have zero players on the USA team, realistically. Mm, that's cap. But who are we going to put on there, Kemba? Tatum. Tatum, Kemba. Easily. Tatum? Absolutely. You underestimate you have, how good Tatum yeah. is. Tatum, Tatum is nasty. I know that on Jonathan, we got LeBron and you, I know you stand Tatum. You're and wearing I'm, his jersey. I'm, I am. Because Celtics, baby. But, man, he is just an electric scorer. If he can stop trying to be Kobe and take these long which twos. Which he said he will. He will do that. And and focus on driving and threes, which is what the NBA he is shot, this He shot age. like 40% as a rookie from the three-point yeah. line. He just got away from it last year because of all the camaraderie that happened last year. He tried to, to be something that he wasn't, and it didn't pan out. If he refocuses like he says he is, he can easily push for 20 a game. I agree. I expect him to, I expect him to make an all-star team this year. I think he's going to be the team MVP this year. Tatum, yeah, for Tatum, sure. Yeah. Top scorer. Kemba, if Kemba can just be the facilitator, get his when you know it's available, don't force anything. Because this is not the Charlotte Hornets, okay? You have a lot more talent around you. You got some good, real good young talent. The bigs, yeah, we can work on that. But at least Ennis Cantor can give you a little bit offensively. We'll see with uh, Vincent Poirier. I'm actually a big fan of that guy. I think, I think he'll he'll be decent. Especially like you need the bodies. I mean, what else are you gonna do? It's not like you got an all-star big there. You have to fill in uh, your front court somehow. They wouldn't have went and picked him up. You know, if they weren't going to use him to some capacity, Taco Falls two-way guy. He's, he'll only see like situational spots for the most part, I think. So another person that I think will be sort of like that that shouldn't should have more of a role, but won't be. I think he'll be the biggest disappointment is Romeo Langford. Yeah, I don't see how he carves out any sort of substantial role on the team this year. I know he's coming off of an injury from college, but he didn't really flash a, a good jump shot. Uh, in college, and so I'm, I'm curious how that's going to translate to the NBA. He's he's more of like a, a like a slashing offensive guy, and then known for more of his defense. That should get him minutes, but I don't know where he really is going to get those minutes. I and I think that they'll try to play him off of Carson Edwards and try to counteract because Carson Edwards can't defend to save his life. Yeah, and so they'll try to play him at the same time. So mitigate Edwards' defensive struggles and then Edwards mitigate Langford's offensive struggles. Mm-hmm. I would like to see that. But, yeah, I agree. I, I don't have the highest expectations for Romeo Langford, and I also have high expectations, but I'm getting ready for disappointment from Time Lord Robert Williams. If he can take a leap this year, and I'm not asking him to score points, I'm only asking him to defend because you will Grab get points boards. from the center position from Enos Cantor. Okay, if Timler can be a good, you know, middle of the road to above average defensive center in the NBA, which I think is possible because he has elite, you know, athletic skills, then that would be that is what the Celtics need this year. I wish they hadn't traded away Aaron Baines because he's exactly what they need. I I question Time Lord's motor. I also question Time Lord's motor, which is why I said I'm setting up for disappointment. Right. Because I really hope that he can. You know, prove me wrong because he's got all the tools to be, you know, I keep comparing him to, you know, like a light version, a poor man's DeAndre Jordan. They both play at Texas A&M. But, I mean, I really think that's like what his ceiling is. It could be like DeAndre Jordan because DeAndre Jordan 
literally cannot do anything offensively. He can catch lobs and he can defend. And I mean, he's made all star teams. And I mean, <laughs> it's true. That can work in the NBA when you're surrounded by a great offense, which the Celtics will have. But he has to be, to make that sort of all star team, you have to be dominant. Right. Like 14 rebounds a game mm-hmm. with two right. and a half blocks. I don't, and a I steal. don't expect that this year. Either. But I would like to see some progress because, I mean, he barely even played last year. I'm not asking him to start, but I would like to see. He should be able to, you know, show me something against backups in the NBA because this is his second year. He's not a rookie anymore. So he needs to, you know, he needs to show up a little bit more. Right, right. And I ultimately, I don't think their front court's going to kill them. The NBA feels like they, they play smaller and smaller every year. So they obviously have the guys to play small ball. It's just... Is Gordon Hayward going to get back, like truly get back to his former self or at least like 90%? That to me is one of the biggest storylines of the Celtics this year. He's a max guy. You brought him in for a reason. He was one of uh, two big centerpieces, him and Kyrie Irving two years ago. After that freak injury, we got a full year, a full offseason under his belt of rehab, working out, trying to get right. Is he going to get back to somewhat true form? Uh, I'm... I don't think so. I mean, I think – I don't know if they're going to start him tomorrow or if they're going to bring him off the bench like they did last year. I think they're going to start – honestly, I don't know. It's 50-50. I know he started a couple games in the preseason, then they rested him. You know, it comes down to Smart or Hayward for that last spot. They went with Smart last year. Will they do that again? I don't know. But, I mean, Hayward was playing well. He was awful, like, the first, you know, two months outside of that – unbelievable performance he had against the Timberwolves twice. Um, But, I mean, he was playing well, like, towards the end of January by the All-Star break February, and then he hurt his ankle. um, And I think it was in, like, a practice or something, I remember. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he just wasn't the same for the rest of the season. He showed a couple flashes towards the end, and then he really faded in the playoffs. So, I mean, it would be nice if he came along, but I... Like with Time Lord, I have higher expectations, but I'm setting myself up. I'm probably going to be disappointed. Yeah, uh, and but the Celtics overall, this should be a complete night and day feeling atmosphere from last year. The whole year was hampered down by Kyrie, every single comment, everything. So it seems like culturally they are much happier in that locker room. That's step one. Half the battle. You're not going deep in the playoffs if, like, they all hate each other. Some teams in the past have made it work. But this Celtics team, with all these young guys, they, like, it seems like they need to kind of get along a bit. And Kemba has come in with that positive, optimistic attitude right off the bat. So that's what I love. Like, he really just embraces, like, positivity, trying to make it work with everybody else. Uh, He obviously played at UConn. I know that's probably been said a billion times. We've seen Jim Calhoun on TV, whatever. But I do love the fit. Overall, I love the fit with Kemba Walker here. I'm biased, but I do love the fit. And yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I hope that he's not too much of a defensive liability. Yeah, that's because he's undersized. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he should be able to make up for that with his electric playmaking abilities on the offensive end. He's an all-star for a reason. In the prime of his career. In the prime of his career, you just hope that he'll be able to perform the same way in front of the Boston fans in a, in a much bigger spotlight than he's 
played in in several years. He's played in Charlotte, where you get like no media attention whatsoever, other than the fact that Michael Jordan is your owner. Yeah, and so now he's coming into a much bigger spotlight. I I think he'll do just fine, but there's a slim chance that maybe he maybe he's not ready for that. Well, lot, my yeah. my argument to that would just be that I think you saw that. I know this was a long time ago, but when he was in college on that national championship run, mm-hmm. oh, I will baby. tell you that in in my opinion, I in I've the probably years too. The an, amount of media coverage and stuff that he got on that championship run yeah. was greater than any of the media coverage yeah. he received in Cardiac. Oh, absolutely. 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 Cardiac absolutely. Kemba at the Madison Square Garden against Pittsburgh. Step back. Right. For the, <laughs> Which is why I'm not really East. concerned. Right. I'm not really concerned about yeah. it. But it's been six, seven years or whatever. Right. And he's, right. he's, he's grown too, he, he's, right? But he's also gotten comfortable right. playing in that same sort of, you know, oh, well, I, nobody's we going to really watch me unless they're watching yeah. League Pass. The arena's half full. Yeah. You know, no one no There's one really no pressure to perform because there's no expectations to really perform other than just to put up your good stats. Right. So I wonder what having altered much higher expectations will do for him. Very interested to see how that plays out. Right, totally. And I think, again, in that East, if they were in the West, man, We'd have, oh, be having God. a little bit of a different conversation yeah, right now. Right. Uh, I would be hammering Zach's under probably if they were in the West. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. But in the East, with Brad Stevens, the way he's able to coach up guys that aren't these big diva personalities, he's already 0 for 1 in trying to do that with Kyrie. Now he's kind of got his kind of team. He can coach up defense as good as any coach out there. We all know that. So he'll get this team probably – the most out of you, the most out of them that you could possibly get, because that's what he's best at. Right. I mean, it, it, this might be crazy, and I might be biased, but I expect Tatum and Brown to take a leap this year, and I expect the Celtics to be a, a dark horse finals contender out of the East. Honestly, like okay, I, there's only two teams that you can argue with me that are better than the Celtics, and they are the Bucks and the 76ers. Sixers, yep. And I will tell you, the Bucks, they have. Literally one player that can create his own shot, and that's Giannis. Chris Middleton is really good off the ball, but they lost Malcolm Brogdon, and I think people are sleeping on how how major of an issue that was. And then with the 76ers, I'll tell you the same thing. They, their best player, Joel Embiid, is injury-prone. He may get hurt. Al Horford also has been dealing with injuries. He's, got, he he's had foot injuries lot. in the past. I mean, that contract I don't think is that good. I think very easily foot injuries could catch Al Horford this year. It almost caught him last year at times. And, I mean, Ben Simmons, I mean, he just he can't shoot. <laughs> I mean, I don't – like, you talk about I bad I don't know, contracts. that one three-pointer in the preseason oh, yeah, got me They literally celebrated that like he had just won the NBA right. Finals. I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm just not sold on, like, you know, who am I picking to go to the finals? Maybe we'll do that before we sign off today. Yeah. I'm not going to pick the Celtics, yeah. Yeah. but it wouldn't surprise me because I'm not sold on Milwaukee or Philadelphia yet. Yeah. If if you put the Celtics up against the Sixers in the Eastern Conference Finals, I pick the Celtics. If you pit the Bucks against the Celtics, I take the Bucks just because they've proven it. They've been there, and they'll be able to beat that team, I think. Yeah, I, if you put the Bucks against the Sixers, I think the Bucks would win again. I'll, I'll say this right now before we sign off: Celtics, uh, Celtics, Bucks, Eastern Conference Finals. Mark it down. I agree with that, but I have the Bucks over the Celtics. I don't know what you have. That's fair. Uh, I, I will take Bucks over Celtics 
because ultimately, I think Giannis, MVP last year, I said this, uh, I mean, a, a while ago, but I just I, I feel like Giannis really is that, that complete package. He keeps developing his jump shot, and watch out. Watch out. Me? Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, are we going to do finals predictions here? Or are we doing... Dude, conference finals. Quick, okay. Finals. I have the... I mean, I'm still going to go Bucks sixers in the conference finals. I think what you said about the Bucks and the Celtics, I think that's true, and I think you're going to see... The Sixers have the best record in the regular season in the conference, so that would face the Bucks and the Celtics two versus three in the second round. So then the Bucks get the upper hand on that, and I do like the Sixers in a matchup against the Bucks, just because I the Bucks don't have anyone to defend Embiid, um, and I think that you know Tobias Harris, Jason Richardson, even Ben Simmons to an extent, the Sixers can throw bodies at uh, Giannis over and over and over again. So. I like the Sixers getting out of the East of the Finals this year. Josh Richardson, by the way. But yeah. uh, Western Conference Finals, real quick, I got Clippers over the Nuggets. I think the Nuggets will be the one seed in the West. That will shock people. I just don't see any of the dynamic duos really going too hard other than maybe the Rockets. Uh, but I like the Clippers out of the West, and I would take the Clippers over the Bucks in the Finals. Yeah, I will go same Western Conference Finals, but I will take the Nuggets over the Clippers because I think Paul George injuries are going to catch up to him at the end of the year like they did last year. The Nuggets, on paper, they added Jeremy Grant, another year of Jokic, another year of Murray, another year of Gary Harris. I think that they're going to break out. They're going to be really good. I agree that they're going to be the one seed. I just like the home court in the NBA. It's a big deal. I like the Nuggets, and I like the Nuggets over the 76ers in the finals. Championship is finally coming home to Denver, and I'm not only saying that because I have a bet riding on the Nuggets. (laughs) Clippers and Rockets in the Western Conference Finals. Clippers over the Rockets in the Western Conference Finals. Clippers over the Bucks in the finals. That's my prediction. War, uh, Warriors over the Lakers in the West. Pacers over the Bucks in the East. <laughs> yes. Warriors win the title again. I love Against it, Zach. The Pacers? On that note, yep. Oladipo <laughs> back. We will we will start signing off here, everybody. Um, oh my what a God. show. What a show. Mouth and off sports here. I just heard those Broadcasting words. to you live on WBIM 91.5 FM, as always. I wish I could buy so Dan much here. Fours on that bet. Alongside with Ryan Brown, Jonathan Sullivan, and Zach Lacey. We'll Go see Pacers. you again next week. Go Pacers, baby. 5-7, to seven, NBA tip-off, World Series. We'll catch you next week, everybody. Pacers? around her minus lady stranger to blue water dark and dusty painted on the sky misty taste moonshine teardrops